This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday, guys, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Dating and Relationship Show on AM 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellata, your host. And again, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And and every week, you know, we aim at helping so many people um, with these shows. And and I'm so happy to, you know, be bringing you this content each and every single week. Tonight, we're going to be talking about breakups. How do you get back into the dating world after a divorce or a bad breakup? This week, I am joined by Alicia Robertson, who's here to help you work through this. Alicia Robertson is the founder and CEO of Lemonade Life. I love that name, by the way. Uh, It's a coaching business that helps people navigate overwhelming life changes such as divorce, loss, and career pivots. She is the author of the Amazon bestselling book, Make Lemonade, Thrive Through Divorce by Transforming Your Life. And the creator of Unwife, a flagship program that teaches women to thrive through their divorce. And tonight we're going to be discussing and working through grief after divorce, starting over, and so much more. Uh, Alicia, thank you so much for being here today. How are you doing? I am fabulous. I'm thrilled to be here talking about dating. I feel like you have the sexiest job in the world. (laughs) Sometimes. Uh, now you started Lemonade Life, which I love that name. Okay, I love it. So cute. Um, after a big life change, your own divorce. Can you tell us a little bit about why you decided to do this? Yeah, I when I was going through my own divorce, the grief was real. It was massive change, and I could not find anything positive. I could not find anywhere to really come to a place where there was shared experience through this very isolating process, but to be able to rebuild in a positive way, in a way that I could grow and that I could be surrounded by people where I could have aspirational experiences of how to do this thing. I just felt like I was flying so blindly in a world that is filled with shame and blame and victim and drama and martyrdom. And I just didn't want to be that person. Right. And so that's why you created this. And um, feeling like, I I guess, like feeling intimidation as well, you know, starting over again can be quite intimidating. Where do you actually get the courage to pick yourself back up again, to push through like after a big life event like this one? Yeah. So First, I probably did it all the wrong ways. You know, I couldn't land in terms of dating. How do I do this? I haven't done this in years. I didn't see myself over 40 going into the dating world. And there's so much, you know, with the online dating feels fast and furious. And and it felt to me like, do I have to be sleazy and easy and and open to open? And, you know, (laughs) you don't. Right. (laughs) And like all the the cosmetic stuff. Do I have to have my my lips filled and my Botox done and all these other things, you know? Um, And and I thought really, truly in the beginning, I was like, okay, I got it. I, I can do all of this. But really, honestly, I was able to, through my divorce, take time to really unpack, you know, what matters to me, who am I, what do I want, and how do I find the courage to go for it. And for me, that started with 
self-care time for me to heal and to be able to elevate my self-worth through self-care and prioritizing myself and start to experiment with everything in my life. You know, what, what, who am I? What is my authenticity? What is in alignment with my values? And who am I independently outside of a relationship? And so I really just started to first for myself, unpack what all of this meant to me and why it mattered to me. And I spent two years, I spent two years on my own, getting comfortable with being on my own. I mean, I was afraid to feel safe and navigate my own home. That was a familiar place in a relationship, but now I was on my own and I spent a year in my room. (laughs) truly spent a year. Yeah. I was like, you know, that was my safe place through the rest of the house. I didn't know, you know, how do I eat dinner? Where do, what do I do after dinner? Those were all routines and rhythms I had with my partner. And now I had to figure this out on my own. How do I like to, you know, spend an evening? Yeah. You know what I, after my breakup, I, I was never married. I've been, I was in a common law relationship for seven years, but I literally spent my time dancing in front of the mirror. <laughs> I did so much of that too. Did you? Yes, I and did. Like, I had playlists for everything, for every mood, <laughs> and I did. I danced a lot. I and I and I and I love to, you know, dance. I dance naked out of the shower and just. Oh my goodness! With party. little underwear. Be- you yes. know, draws and such, right? Actually, and truly, Laura, on that, you know, first, my exploration for myself was about all of the things, even my own sex and sexuality, right? This is back mm. to like, hey, I never grew up in an environment where you had freedom of choice. It was, you know, this is one way. This is how you go to, you know, single to MRS from your parents' home to your husband's home. There was just so much that I'd never unpacked for myself. And so, yeah, I, I surrounded myself with lots of, you know, fantasy and, you know, audible books and Harlequin romance novels and, you know, pleasure, whether it was my lingerie to, you know, candles to playlists, I really explored myself, touch for myself, you know, how, how is it that I feel safe in my own body and in my own space? How do I feel sensual and sexual, you know, first for myself? Yeah. And why do you think it's so important that you practice self-care after divorce or any sort of breakup Yeah, uh, for that matter? Um, Because I, I, well, for one, I will say it just, it really helps with your self-confidence. And honestly, if you are not confident in yourself, it's really difficult to, once you go out there to attract what it is that you're, you're looking for you know, yeah. and, and confidence is so attractive as well um, to those looking for a partner. So how would you answer that? Yeah. So for me in partnership, I am a recovering high functioning codependent, you know, as a lot of women are, because we are here to serve in a relationship to mm-hmm. caretake. And I became so lost and depleted by all of my hats and my labels and my titles to be the mom, to be the good daughter, to be the, you know, good professional and volunteer and so on. And really what was happening in my partnership is that I was, you know, existing according to his values, right? And so I lost myself and I was depleted. And so for me, self-care was the first time that I, with healthy boundaries, started to prioritize myself. And I started to 
in prioritizing myself started to become more energized in a positive way for, you know, what mattered to me. And like you said, to be able to become and have more confidence, but then what really starts to happen is I'm able to more effectively and clearly communicate for what it is that I desire, because I am so, so practicing these healthy boundaries for myself. Is that what you do as well? Like uh, help people figure out themselves and and what they're looking for too? Because essentially like that, you're right. You hit it on the nail. It's just so important to figure yourself out what worked in past relationships, what didn't, and, and to heal fully so that you don't carry that baggage into the next relationship. Now, what if, you were blindsided and you didn't see your divorce coming at all. I mean, does that change the way that you heal? Do you think? Well, everything that I'm describing to you from my personal experience is through feeling blindsided, right? Okay. It It wasn't your choice then. It wasn't my choice and it wasn't part of the plan. But here's the thing, whether it's your choice or not, we've arrived here together. And I truly believe that there's learning to happen. This is happening, you know, for you, not to you. And I truly believe that if we take the personal accountability and responsibility, that is the opportunity to learn through this experience, whether we have called it or not, that we can start to unpack how we can build healthy relationships for ourselves in all our lives. Because I guarantee you, if you don't take this time right now and why I really spent the time first for myself and now with clients, because whether this relationship was healthy, good, bad, otherwise, whether things happened along the way, we all had a part to play in it. And we all chose these people to be in our life for a reason. So let's understand why so that we can make different choices moving forward if that be the case. And so for me, it is really important that we unpack this and take the time to unpack it because I guarantee you, it, you know, you're going to keep, what do they say? It's not soulmates, it's wound mates. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we don't, we don't want that. And, and just quickly before the break, I mean, I'm I'm sure you probably experienced some sort of level of grief during this time. Um, how did were you able to get over that guilty feeling? Like, oh, was this my fault? You know, was was there something I could have done? Yeah. First of all, professional support, right? Mm-hmm. I, I it's mental health. The grieving is not always just about the one thing, but so many other things that have come along the way. So for me, it it was really important to have a strong foundation of mental health and wellness support through really massive grieving and transition. I'm a big advocate of that. Lean on your friends, cry, cry a lot, bug the crap out of them. <laughs> okay, it's okay to not be okay and pain is temporary. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. And if they're not willing to listen, they're not friends. We're going to stop now to take a quick break. And after the break, we're going to be discussing the divorce process and how to heal from it. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. 
It's Sunday night, guys. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 with myself, Laura Bellotta, joined by my special guest, Alicia Robertson. Getting back to our chat now on dealing with divorce. Now, Alicia, divorce is never an easy thing. Whether you wanted it, didn't want it, regardless, it's just never easy, especially when there are kids in the mix. Now, how do you know it's time for a divorce or a breakup? Like, you start having these thoughts. Like for me, when I knew that my relationship was kind of done, like I started fantasizing about other men and I didn't even know who they were. Like, I was like, who is that guy in my dreams? I mean, and, and for other reasons, like, but I just wanted to mention yeah, so I don't know where that came from, but um, how can you tell that your relationship has basically run its course and it's time to go? Yeah, so and I, I, I love this conversation because acknowledging that for all of us that have been in relationships, we have seasons. We all go through tough seasons, but it seems to be the thing we can never talk about, right? And I support over 50% of my clients are contemplating separation and divorce with this very thought. How many? Like over 50%, right? During COVID, I mean, we've seen a lot. And for some of us, there's just straight away, right? If there's any types of, you know, abuse, neglect, any types of these things, this is, this is no, right? immediate. (laughs) So I want to acknowledge that for some of us, that is, it's a safety issue and that's Mm -hmm. it. Uh, And still difficult to unpack. There's kids, right? And we don't want to leave our kids with the person that's not safe. So it's a very, it's a very challenging situation for the rest of us. For me, you know, some people will say, well, I've just fallen out of love. That's way too simple. You know, there's, there's more to get into a relationship than just love and all the buzz of the feelings and the hormones, and there's more to get out of it. And for me, it comes down to values, goals, right? Are we aligned on values? Are we aligned on goals? Are we aligned on lifestyle choices and compatibility? And do we model healthy intimacy to our children where there are children involved? Because for some of us, we might think, well, we can comfortably do check these boxes. But the thing is, you're not pulling anything over your children's, you know, eyes and feelings when they see a partnership that is dead. And that's the other thing for some of, you know, my clients that we go through, sometimes it's just too little too late. Maybe the work hasn't been done. Maybe we didn't have access to the resources or tools to be able to improve the situation. Maybe now the resentment and the contempt is just too far gone. You know, we don't always need to justify or to have some provocative reason. And we don't always need there to be a bad thing or a really tumultuous incident. And the most success and why I love the individuals who are coming to me with rawness and realness and contemplating the end of a relationship is because they're intentionally wanting to do this at a time that can be positive. It can be a positive experience because it's before perhaps a lot of the negativity has set in before an act or a behavior happens that seems irreversible or hurtful to other parties. And that's when we can really from a place go, okay, this time or this season in our relationship and this family is going to just translate into a new family dynamic. And that's what we're focusing on. You know, it's not to say that what we had is, is done and it was wrong and it was bad and it didn't stand for anything, but to respect that legacy and then 
move into the next chapter. I know that after divorce, um, oftentimes we're not thinking about another relationship because some people are thinking, what if I never meet someone again? Like I, what if I never have this again? What if I'm unlovable and such? What, what do you have to say to those people? Mm -hmm. We all go there. And so much of it, I really think, especially in my age and stage and the clients I serve that 35 to 55, where some of these narratives are like, oh, you're going to be, you know, the, the lady with the cats, you know, and the, you know, discarded you're, you you know, because aging isn't beautiful and you're not worthy of having an awesome relationship. Right. Yeah. These are some of the narratives that we have. We don't really have <laughs> limiting beliefs, right? Beliefs, yeah. yeah. And I think First, we have to unpack this for ourselves. in that, you know, again, first of all, I am worthy and I am love just by myself as I am. And to truly find a compassionate, forgiving and accepting way to love ourselves and to heal from whatever is coming up from us, which are fear and limiting beliefs that are long modeled to us in all the narratives available in society. And, you know, how do we start to just first stand for ourselves? And over time, I will say it takes effort. It's intentional, but I now sing love songs to myself. And for some of us listening, you're going to go, what are you talking about? But so often we romanticize that we need a partner or we need, you know, a relationship to look a certain way, to have some type of status or to have or receive or to be um, worthy of receiving love. And it's none of those things. We are worthy to receive love first for ourselves. I agree. There is love for everyone at any age. And just last week, I had a consult with uh, with a possible client, and she was telling me that her cosmetic doctor told her um, that, or her dermatologist told her that she had until the age of 57, I think she's 51 or 52, and she had yeah, till the age of 57, and then it would nearly be impossible for her to find love because that's when things start going, really start going south, and women um, start well, they start to age, really start to age. And I just thought that is just disgusting. Like, how can you even say that to your clients? Like, I, I, I mean, I, I can't even fathom it at all. <laughs> and I, my girlfriend's mom, 65, she met a guy a few years ago on an online dating site, and they're still together. And I mean, they're so in love. So I, I don't, like when um, people put that energy out there. How do you feel about that? I couldn't agree more. I absolutely think that there is so much pressure on women Ugh. to be all the things, right? All the things, even myself, as I went into dating, you know, it, it was not really that acceptable for me to show up with a different date, like just to have fun with dating and just to be okay with what works for right now right? This, there's this pressure. Is he the one? It, will you get married? You know, will he, you know, meet the kids, you know, all of this pressure instead of just, are you happy right now? Right. Or, or the pressure that if you're alone, that somehow you're less, or you are, you know, don't have a status of being in a relationship. And it does feel so much like a couple's world. Or sometimes I've heard people say where you're the, um, I don't even, it's something to do with, you know, being a, um, 
like a, 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 a sex vibe that is perceived and received negatively by partners as you navigate a couple's space so that the partners might be intimidated by you just because you're single and what that represents. There's just so much pressure and so much negativity around the narratives that are available to women. And it is time that it changes. And how can we make those changes? And I believe that making those changes means that we first show up for ourselves and that we stand confidently in our ground to be comfortable, to be on our own or to be in a relationship and not have to be defined by labels and titles and all the things I get all the time heat. I identify as a single woman. I identify as a, as a parent, as a mom, as a single mom, I identify as someone who's in a partnership, who's dating, like what gives are you I in a partnership? These things. Are you in a partnership now? So I am in a partnership. Are you remarried? No, I don't live with this person. I don't live with this person. It's been two and a half years. We have not blended families. I want to have my own time and be, you know, really, you know, situated in myself and my independence and my self-care and the time that matters for me and my recovery. I want to be a mom in the moment and hang out with my kids and do all the things that matter to them. And I want to be in a partnership and that's fine. And, you know, we joke all the time because people say, uh, you're a little bit more than dating. It's been a couple of years. No, I'm dating. I think the thing about dating and that perhaps people that who have been through divorce understand is that divorce is an option. The end of a relationship is an option. And so that means that we're constantly in a state of evaluation. Is this working for us right now? right? We change, we all change. It's okay to change. And it just is a decision whether we're changing for the right and the same reasons, or if we've grown apart. And you know what, as long as you're showing up in the ways that I need you to show up, then we're good. We're good. And he's okay with living separate. Yeah. See, this is the thing. You know what? Sometimes we overcomplicate things, right? If you want a happy partner, find a happy person, right? (laughs) Someone who has self-awareness and empathy and they're working on themselves. You know, um, both of us value our independence. So we're aligned in that way. Mm -hmm. We have shared goals that way. We both are single parenting. So we understand. The other thing is dating in this age is liberating. I don't know about you, but the reality is we likely have five priorities that are ahead of the relationship, right? We've got um, ourselves, our children, our careers. I don't have children. Parents, so I, I right? don't understand that part, but. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but aging parents, maybe volunteerism, yeah. hobbies, whatever. Like we have True. so many things and then it's relationship and you need a really mature, self-aware, rounded person to be able to deal with that. You know, that emotional maturity is everything. So and, and it challenges us because you know what? No, he doesn't need me. I don't need him. It's whether or not we want to hang out. Right. Now, do you have, okay. Do you have any advice for people going through the process of divorce right now? Like what are some of the, the biggest mistakes that people make during this time? Would you say? Yeah. So in the beginning stages of divorce, Again, healing, self-care, being professionally supported for, you know, your mental health and your stability through this process to be able to focus on what matters. So in terms of divorce, this is about financial independence, right? Financial opportunity for financial wealth. And it's about family planning 
and parenting and moving into a relationship that is co-parenting. So, you know, instead of the doom and gloom and loss and lack, you know, let's have a, a more positive outlook and reframe it that this is an opportunity for, you know, uncoupling and for really understanding who we are and what we want as we start to really define what this next chapter is. That transformative experience, this is an opportunity for transformation and growth. You know, change and challenge is constant. Divorce just happens to be my change and challenge. And really to be able to shift it into what matters, right? That, you know, let's make sure we're financially independent and that we're co-parenting effectively. How do you actually feel about uh, going to a therapist right after the divorce with your ex-partner um, in terms of being able to co-parent together after the divorce? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really healthy. If that's something that both of you um, value and that you're both interested in, I think it's incredible. I would love, and there actually are in some states and some re- regions, um, co-parenting classes and courses are a part of the divorce process. Mm-hmm. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Right. I know someone who went through the process and they said it was one of the best things that they ever did. They, they didn't get along with their ex, but they were able to, you know, take the classes just for the kids. So, and it, and it worked out very well. So yeah, I think it's really important. There really is a strategy to co-parenting well, and it doesn't mean that you both have to like each other. Obviously you're <laughs> in a situation, but yeah. you can find ways to act with respect, with kindness, right. To have integrity, to yeah. be, as I say, um, you know, don't mistake my kindness for weakness and we can be friendly, even if we're not friends, there's just little differences. <laughs> and it's, it's so good and health. It's It's so good, healthy for the kids. We need to take a quick break. After the break, we'll be chatting more about getting back out there after divorce. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's news, today's talk, 640 Toronto. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM 640 tonight. I'm Laura Bellotta with my special guest tonight, Alicia Robertson, discussing dating again and opening yourself up to love after divorce. Alicia, what are the biggest dating fears after going through a divorce and then getting back out into the dating world, like what's holding people back? Mm -hmm. What I hear from my clients first and foremost is the fear of being alone, Mm -hmm. right? To be alone, to be um, discarded, rejected, abandoned, to feel as though there is that they failed at a relationship And if they've failed at a relationship that they put everything into, how would they be worthy or able to have a successful relationship elsewhere? I was just going to say, I think that there's um, so much fear too around, you know, we, we really, really in, in traditional marriage get so consumed by those words till death do us part. And so if that wasn't able to happen. Is there even a possibility of love after what we committed to has fallen apart? Mm -hmm. Also being vulnerable, you know, I think the fear of being hurt again is one of the biggest hurdles that, you know, one needs to overcome after divorce and a heartbreak because putting 
back the pieces and uh, or putting them back together and then opening yourself up to the possibility that of hurt, you know, to someone new takes courage, I think. So, and, and, but people have to keep in mind that it takes time to heal. It's not going to, you know, just be like, snap your finger and Hey, I'm good. It, it takes time, but you have to know that you are still lovable. You just you know, do the work, get back to self-care, like Alicia was saying, and, and learn how to love yourself again. Mm-hmm. Also, how about uh, trusting again? Because, you know, I, I feel too, that when you, you think that a relationship was supposed to be one that's going to last a lifetime and then it fails, you know, it's feeling like, oh my goodness, what if this next person hurts me again, you know, and you may even grow more suspicious of, of people's motives when they, they try to get close to you. Uh, You, you doubt whether you're worthy of their attention. Um, And then you also may lose hope in actually finding love again, you know, that durable relationship again. So what do you have to say to those people? Yeah, I think that for me, it really does all come back to myself, right? To each individual. So trust, for example, trust starts here and understanding that just because somebody may have done something that's hurtful or, you know, untrusting or, or any of these things doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that you were deserving or that you should have seen or should have known, right? Like we, we tend to blame and shame ourselves a lot in these places when a lot of times other people's actions have nothing to do with us. And the fact that they did that may or may not have anything to do with us. And so we have to just receive ourselves with compassion and forgiveness, I think, And understanding that if we stick to facts and there were things, if there were patterns or there were behaviors that we were tolerant of, or that we justified or that we enabled, then that's our personal work. Because for some reason we have allowed another person to treat us poorly. And that's about our own self-worth and being able to communicate for what matters to us. Any more tips on how to open yourself up to trust again? Mm -hmm. I think that trust for me is closely related to acceptance and forgiveness. You know, understanding that we're each on our own journeys. And so whatever they're going through or whatever has happened has happened for a reason And for me, if I can accept that this has happened for me to be able to learn, to be able to get into what is my highest self, more equipped to go back out into the world and feel confident that the likelihood of that happening again is less and less every time that I have an opportunity to learn from it. So I really think as we move through, you know, that compassion, acceptance, forgiveness, we start to find ourselves and we start to be confident that we're okay and we're going to be just fine. Nobody else. I think the other thing in that too, is nobody else can take our power unless we give it to them. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Don't give away your power. (laughs) Um, So what are some of the benefits of dating again? You're, you feel like you're, well, you know what, let's start with this one first. You want to start dating again, but you just don't know if you're ready for it. How do you know that you're ready for it? We'll start with that one first. 
Yeah. So with me, I'm, I, I, I do believe that dating is very intentional. I do think that there is a strategy that allows us to have success through dating. I agree. Okay. You get dating with intention. Exactly. Right. And so for me, it's like, you know, obviously knowing yourself, knowing your values, knowing who you are and what you want, all the things we've talked about. But then on the relationship side, it's like, well, what are my top three priorities in partnership, right? Like mine are sex, fun, companionship in that order. Okay. I have lots of friends and lots of social. The only thing they can't give me is sex. Okay. So let's just call it (laughs) what it is that our top three priorities are in partnership right now. These change, right? It evolves. And what do I need? What do I need? Time, energy, desire. What will I give? right? What will I give intimacy, time, energy, what are these things? And what are the top qualities I expect and need and I'm deserving of in another human being? You know, I am, I want, I will, I need getting really clear about, you know, what these things are, how they feel, how will you know when you receive them, right? Are we, are we open and comfortable to start asking for it and receiving it? And being able to practice asking for it and to receive it without feeling like we need to, you know, reciprocate, right? And 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 give back. And so I just and knowing how how we want this to feel and look, you know, like when I went into dating, it was I I thought it was so much fun. I had so much fun with it, but I didn't do any of the things I didn't want to do. Like going to a meal on a first date sounds like stabbing my eyeballs out. I, I'm with you. Yeah. And do you I know, do not there, want there are so many women that won't go on a date unless they're going out for dinner. I, I, I've oh. never understood that. No way. But right. these are my values. My values. I'm a, I'm an intimate. I, I value intimacy, connection, experience, love. I, I, I'm, I love, you know, energized experiences. That means we need to be out doing right. We need to be having fun or doing something that's interactive. I want to play. I want to play. <laughs> We need to take a break, one more last break. And when we come back, we'll be giving you guys tips to help you date again. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show. You're listening to AM640 Toronto. I'm Laura Villada from singleinthecity.ca with my special guest, uh, guest, not guest, <laughs> Alicia Robertson with tips to help you date again after divorce. Now, depending on how long you and your ex were together, dating might look a little bit different today than it was before man has it changed like i launched my company single in the city 20 years ago and back then i think there were three dating sites i think it was match pof and then lava life something like that anyways back then things were taboo and people would hide their profiles but now (laughs) i mean you won't get any matches if you hide your profiles so you you have to be out there in the open and online dating is so big and you know like it's just the way to meet nowadays so let's chat about some of the tips and tricks to help you get back out there 
what what information can we offer our listeners? Yeah. So first of all, I, I mean, I was incredibly fearful of the online dating play space. I think a lot of people are. They still yeah, are. It was. It was all new. That was not available. You know, when when I went through this the first time, and I felt like it was fast and furious. I felt like I was going to be in a position to compromise my values. You know, I wasn't sure if it meant I had to be like, you know, putting out on the first date and what putting out meant and, and, and maybe I wanted to, like, there was just so many things to evaluate for myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, you know, what are hookups and what is ghosting? And there was all these nuances. And I think I was most afraid of putting a profile out there and getting rejected. Like instant feedback was that if nobody interacted with my profile, that was rejection as if right so pretty (laughs) and then if somebody reacted but it wasn't the right way then how would I you know deal with it so anyways I just landed that I'm gonna have fun I'm gonna lean in with curiosity and I'm gonna use this as exploration to just put myself out there to meet people just to meet people and to start to have experiences. So that was another reason why I said, I don't want the meal or the dinner. I want to do fun things because if I'm going to do this, I might as well have at least a fun byproduct that if the human being wasn't the person to be, at least it was a fun time that we had. And maybe I was able to learn something from them and just take that. And uh, anyways, I learned quickly that so much was done in the texting and, you know, in this conversation, and that is a time suck. And so then I started to realize quickly, this is the law of numbers. So I went on like every single platform and I, I had like 18 conversations going on at the same time. That's the wrong thing to do. Is it the wrong thing to do? This is what I did. I didn't know. I, (laughs) I, I needed you. I, I did all this and I pivoted quickly. I was like, okay. And, uh, but here's the deal also, okay, this slowed my role a lot. I decided I was ready to do online dating. And the next week we went into a pandemic. So my online dating experience all of a sudden was only allowed to be in the text world. Anyway, so it, I just think that we have to just have a little bit, like know ourselves, all the things we've talked about and the strategy that's there and be very intentional and then trust that you've done all the work and that you're going in with an open mind and a desire to have fun. I agree with all of that. Also, take your time. Don't rush it. Honestly, vet, ask questions. I mean, you don't want to act like a, a drill sergeant on a first date, but but ask questions as you're getting to know somebody, uh, things that are really important to you and learn proper dating etiquette. Like you said, like you had no experience with online dating and some people don't like hire a professional, someone that knows what they're doing, get advice uh, on, on your profile, your pictures and such. Um, And dating has changed so much. You got to get with the times. You really do have to get with the times. And then once you start dating someone, like you're vetting them, just don't rush getting back into a relationship. And I think you're doing it right by by not moving in right away. You know how many relationships I've seen fail um, because they've moved in right away and they both have 
children and it just, they haven't had those conversations before they moved in. And then ultimately it's the children that end up breaking them up, you know? Um, also don't bring up your ex or your divorce <laughs> on first dates or even second dates, like get to know each other. Um, did you, did you guys have those conversations when you first yeah, started? Well, for me, those there? were boundaries that I'd already decided for myself. Okay. But it's interesting because even as you're talking about this stuff, right? It was like I I wanted I wanted to have an exclusive dating experience and that I was only having sex with one person at a time, but that, that also meant that I didn't have to get into some serious relationship that meant we were working towards the altar. Do you know what I mean? It's in, and so it's like a really, you know, interesting place to be able to communicate for these values that you have and to go at the speed that you want to go at, but that it also doesn't mean that we have to move in. Right. And we have to do all of these intensely traditional relationship things that are byproducts of these things. So I've really carved out a place that I can have, you know, an exclusive relationship, an exclusive sexual relationship with a person but that it also doesn't require us to go fast and furious into all the other spaces. And then thank goodness for my therapist. I remember she said, you want to see a person through all the seasons. And I think that that's fair, right? You want to see stress and seasonal differences and, and all the different bits before you start to make a decision that would impact lifestyle and other human beings. Well, thanks again for joining us for this week's episode of the Dating and Relationship Show. Divorce is just the end of a chapter of your story, and there is so much more ahead of you. If you would like to connect with Alicia, Alicia, where can they find you? I hang out most on social <laughs> at Instagram at Lemonade Life Coach. I love to be in conversation with people, so definitely connect with me at connect at lemonadelife.ca. And my website is make lemonade. Sorry, I may, I add, may I edit that? Yeah. Sorry, Natasha. And my website is lemonadelife.ca. I absolutely love that lemonadelife.ca. It's so cute. Uh, we'll definitely have to support each other on social media as well. And guys, if you're looking for love, you definitely want to follow me, official Laura Bellotta, on TikTok and Instagram. And uh, check out singleinthecity.ca for events in your city. We're also expanding. So if you uh, are looking or would love to be a, become a host or event organizer in your city, hit me up. And let me know. Thanks for joining us again. Ciao for now. Thank you.